Hi, this is the Creative Table Podcast, a place where everyone has a seat at the table because we are all creatively made. My name is Stacy, and I am so glad you decided to listen today. All right, today is July 1st, 2021, and I don't know about you, but I am simply struggling with the reality that we are halfway through another year. There are some things about this that I love and some things that I'm actually truly saddened over. I mean, fall and all of its pumpkin spice beauty, as well as the holiday season, is all less than six months away. I keep reminding myself of that when I walk outside right now, and it is 100 plus degrees with 60% humidity. We do love the monsoons here in the desert, but they are brutal. Another good thing This podcast and the blog will be a year old at the end of August, and we will begin season two. That's crazy to think about. Something that makes me sad, we are a week away from the six-month mark of having COVID, and I still have no taste or smell. I still battle headaches and fatigue daily, and the rocket scientist is still struggling with exercise intolerance. His is brought on by the virus not like my intolerance, simply because I don't like exercise. All that to say, all that to say, there have been some amazing things and some not so amazing things that have happened in the past six months. And I look forward to the next six months. That doesn't mean that I don't wish that my perception of the speed of time was a little bit slower. I guess this is what they mean by over the hill. Because time picks up speed when you crest that hill and are going down the other side. I've been thinking about the topic of today's episode for a while. Habits. In particular, I have been thinking about my relationship with habits in my life, or really the lack thereof. Don't get me wrong. If I have developed anything over the past 18 months, it is a series of good habits in some areas of my life. Most notably, my morning rhythm. I have worked very intentionally to develop a good morning routine that has become such a sweet, sweet practice for me. So much so that if any part of it gets off kilter or if I'm unable to partake in any of it, my day just doesn't seem to go quite as smoothly or I simply feel off. What I really wanted to talk about in this episode are the habits it takes to grow in creative skill. I'm going to share something about myself that can bog me down in shame if I let it. I am fearful of failure, and not necessarily failure in a big stage kind of way, more like failure of not meeting my own expectations. And because of that, I am stifled when it comes to the practice of learning a new art medium or increasing my skills in one that I currently embrace. I know there are some of you that are listening to this that are probably scratching your heads in confusion. But this is the truth, unrealistic expectations that I have of myself and my fear of not being good at something stops me from developing a habit of practice in order to actually learn and get better at a particular skill set. Do you know what that's called? Pride, plain and simple, pride and ego. And do you know what is a creativity killer in an artist? Yep, pride and ego enter the shame. It's a vicious cycle. Last month, when I was meeting with one of the leadership groups I'm in, where my co-leader is a piano and voice teacher, we were actually talking about this very thing, about how my desire is to get better at something or to learn something new, 
but the only way to do that is to practice, to develop a habit of practice. Yet, somehow in my head, I want to simply just be good at the thing that I feel led to do. Ultimately, what that means is that I want to take the easy way. Oh my goodness, even as I say that, I can feel the arrogance and pride dripping off of my lips. Ugh. This is where I want to speak truth to myself and to you. God didn't create us and call us to create, only to have us be bogged down with our own ego and expectations of self and not do what he has called us to do. He has not called me to be a creative, only for me to trip myself up in my own web of shame and horrible self-talk. If he has called us to do something, be it art, engineering, music, teaching, writing, etc., then he has also called us to establish a rhythm of practice, to develop habits to grow the skill set of whatever we have been called to create. So let's talk about some ways we can create rhythms of practice or habits, if you will. There are some of these rhythms that I'm going to choose to step into in order to improve a few areas in my call to create. Some are of my own making, and others are habits from other creatives. Habit number one, solitude. And not solitude for the sake of silence, but solitude for the sake of listening to your thoughts about what God has called you to create, to hear his voice in those thoughts. Creativity blossoms when we can actually look deep inside and focus My plan is to add to my morning rhythm of current solitude to be creative in the morning. That may mean I get up a few minutes earlier, but I desire to do one creative thing before starting my day. Writing a paragraph, doodling, creative lettering, and so on. I may even try to find some quiet moments, scheduled if need be, in the middle of the day, simply to just be quiet, instead of only creating this habit in the beginning of the day and then running through the work of the day and collapsing in bed at night with no brain capacity left for anything other than staring at the back of my eyelids. This will allow space for creativity to fill my brain cells. Additionally, I don't create art well outside of solitude. My mind, soul, and body need to be a part of the writing or the painting or the drawing process. And while it is sometimes fun to have a group fun day being creative, when I want to pour my heart out on paper or on the computer or on a canvas, I cannot do that with others around. And if you think solitude is something for only today's creatives, let me share with you a few people you might have heard of who thrived in their calling from art to literature to music to science because of a practice of solitude. They are Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Franz Kafka, Einstein, Nikola Tesla, Joseph Hayden, Pablo Picasso, Johann von Goethe, Carl Sandburg, and one of my favorite artists and writers of today, Makoto Fujimura. I have read his latest book, Art and Faith, twice in the past few months because he's just that wonderful. And his book, Culture Care, is amazing as well. All right. I could say more about solitude, but onward we go. Habit number two, participation. Now, I don't mean activity per se, but more like participation of learning from others, of observing others' work. 
Like I mentioned before, I love Mako Fuchimura. He is an incredible artist, and I love looking at his paintings. I love reading his words and hearing his heart and his story. I'm not called to create like him, but because he's an artist, I want to learn about his process. I also follow and read several authors whose style I like. As I put my words on the screen, and as I data mine my previously written words, I want to learn from the voice of those who write in ways that touch my heart and move me. Whoever it may be in the arena to which you feel called, read what they write, follow them on social media, find out what makes them tick and what their practices of habit are. Seek inspiration from them. Seek inspiration from music, from art, from books, from nature, from magazines. Inspiration can even be found in a beautiful meal, whether you are a good cook or not. Habit number three. Be ruthless with your schedule. Hey, Stacy, are you listening to yourself? Yes, be so ruthless with your schedule, at least for a few days a week, that you set time limits for each thing on your to-do list. Set a timer if you must. You can even put the things that you know you need to do for your body's sake. Things like drink three glasses of water by noon or take a 30-minute walk around the block. On those days that you are the master of your tasks, instead of them being the taskmaster of you, make sure to schedule time to create. 30 minutes to write, an hour to paint, 45 minutes to draw something in Procreate or Illustrator. That discipline will create a sense of control. Even if it's only for a few days a week that you are rigid with your schedule, there is a sweetness to knowing that you are in control of your day and that you will get to do something different very soon in the next time block. Habit number four, be a note taker. This might not be for everyone. For me, I take notes all the time. I have post-it notepads and regular notepads in every room. I use the notes app on my phone when I am not near paper or I'm out running errands. I actually must physically write notes for things to stick in my head. No joke. The brain fog that COVID has left behind is brutal, and combined with my thoughts continually idling in high gear, I will forget an idea or a thought in less time than it takes to walk from my kitchen to the living room, which is less than 12 feet. At the end of the day, I take all my notes and put them in my office. I go through all of them, and I see what needs to be done immediately, and what was already done, and what needs to be prioritized on a future list. Often, these notes spark creativity for current or future podcast episodes, for blog and social media posts, or for art projects. Here are a few more habit ideas from Chase Jarvis. He's a photographer who runs one of the education platforms that I take classes on. It's called Creative Live. Live a creative life every day. Do creative stuff every day. Take photos or videos every day. It doesn't matter the camera, use your phone and take at least one creative photo every single day. Just taking pictures can keep you in a creative headspace. Heck, you can even play with your food and draw and doodle, but be creative every day. Moderate your expectations. Make it a habit not to judge yourself on your creative output. Sometimes your creativity is on fire. That's great news. Other times, not so much. 
It's hard, but you'll save yourself a lot of grief if you make it a habit to be kind to yourself when your creative mojo isn't firing on all cylinders. Shake your tree. If you are starting to feel bored or stale, make a habit of getting into adventures. Break the mold. Drive home from work a different way. Stir up your routine. Get active and shake your tree. Find the fun. Doing what you love inspires you to be more creative. Make time and space for having fun. As the saying goes, all work and no play make Jane a dull girl. If you have read anything at all about effective people and their habits, you will know that it takes an average of doing something 21 times to create a habit, to repeat something over and over until you make a neural pathway in your brain. That isn't mumbo jumbo, it's actual science. Just like driving your car on the same dirt road over and over makes a rut in the road, so repeating a task over and over creates a rut in your brain. Habits of creativity birth rhythms of a creative life, and these daily rhythms will grow your skill set. They will make you better, and when entered to in humility, your ego will be removed from the process, and the true beauty of what you have been called to create will shine in a way that it never has before. So there you have it. These are my thoughts, or at least some of them, about habits. There's one thing I know for certain. The call to create does not have room for shame. And because of that, I am going to be intentional about establishing healthy habits of practice. I will not get to the end of the day and beat myself up because I am not a better speaker or a better writer, a better artist or a better cook. What I will do is seek to find a way each day to make space for creative thought that will lead to creative action. I hope this episode has been helpful to you, that you have been challenged to think about some ways to create habits of practice for whatever you are called to create. And until next time, go out and find a creative way to make someone smile.